Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Sharice. Sharice Jefferson is a business financial strategist with a specialized area of work with nonprofits and small business owners. She has worked for over a decade in the fields of tax preparation. Her consulting empowers entrepreneurs to create long-term sustainability and accountability with their business finances. She lives in Lynchburg, Virginia, and she loves buying local supporting small businesses, and her company, Financial Fancy, LLC. Well, Sharice, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. That's an honor. Well, I would, uh, you, you've been through some stuff, uh, you know. Just a little bit. <laughs> Health-wise, yeah. We're all going through stuff. I was like, we got on and I was like, yeah, I'm having a problem with my thyroid. <laughs> and right, I had to go right. see an endocrinologist. Uh, you know, our bodies just start to give up on us. (laughs) Basically. And I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. Like I'm 38. So I was just like, all right, but now, you know, you know, when it's going to get cold, you know, when it's raining, I'm like, oh, okay. That's what you meant. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know I'm 35 and I'm like, really, could we just have like delayed this a little bit? That would have been right. I'm not that old. Uh, so I would love for you to take us back to the beginning when you started to notice something was off, something was going on. Actually, I didn't notice anything was off. That's the problem because the thing about fibroids is, is that there are signs, but a lot of people don't because your baseline. So the doctor was asking me all these questions. So, you know, COVID happened and COVID is still happening, whatever. And um, I went to go to my gynecologist for just for my regular checkup, you know, make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to. I went to a different doctor than I normally do. So maybe that was a plus. And she was touching my stomach. And this is the other thing too. Like I work out like, but I had gained some weight from COVID, but I was still walking and stuff like that. And she was like, your stomach's kind of hard. And I was like, well, it's because my abs are hiding because I don't eat right, but I still work out. Right. So I try to make a joke of everything. And she's like, no, I really think we should check this out. And I was like, oh, you serious, serious. Okay. Yeah. So um, she sent me to the OBGYN to do an ultrasound to see what's going on in my stomach. So she sent me for an ultrasound got the ultrasound and I had a basically eight pound fibroid. Oh my gosh. Um, in my stomach. And, and you know what, I'm a full figure woman. I know you guys can't see our face, but you know, if you go to my Instagram, you can see, you know, yeah. the girl's got body. Okay. And I've always been shapely. So I didn't think nothing. I was just, again, I really thought that I just was a fit fat girl. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I have no, I don't work out to be skinny. I work out so that I, if I'm ever chased by zombies at some point in my life. <laughs> the next I can, pandemic, I can the be next prepared. Pandemic. Right. <laughs> and then I found out that um, 75% of women of color will have fibroids some point in their lives. So then, of course, I start calling my mama, my aunties, and my mom's like, yeah, I have fibroids. Matter of fact, I still, I do have fibroids, and they never got any bigger for them to do any procedures. And I was just like, you know what, y'all so busy talking about celebrity gossip and all the things. Why aren't we talking about this part? <laughs> like, why'd right. you tell me, right? 
So, um, so that happened in October and January, I want to say maybe it was, uh, like the 23rd I had surgery and because my fibroids were so progressive, I had to have a full hysterectomy. So I have, oh, wow. yeah, so I have a T cut in my, in my fun spot. I would have never known. I, again, I really thought that I had abs underneath fat on my stomach. I never, a fibroid never crossed my mind. Um, had surgery. And when I tell you my, f- my stomach was flat. Yeah. So I'll post a picture and you guys can see like legit, my stomach was, it was doing some things. I really should have probably been more just even health wise, even not even thinking fiber is like, Sharice, your stomach's kind of big considering, you know, you do work out a little bit, you know, I, w- I wasn't going all the way crazy with my food, but you know, it's just a thought process. Yeah, no. So tell us what fibroids are. Cause maybe people listening are like, what, what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah. So fibroids is a, a form of cancer really. Um, usually it's benign. I think that's the right word where it's not benign, anything yep. bad, right. It's not going to do anything to your body, but, um, they start most women, you know, um, will have them actually, to be honest, um, they could be small as a grape, you know, mine's were sides of grapefruits, basically, since I looked like I was seven months pregnant. Um, they can grow on size. They can stay small. You know, I've looked up um, natural remedies to, you know, make keep, maintain their sizes. And they can come along. Uh, fibroid also come with cysts and mm-hmm. basically positioned in the right position in your reproduction space. You know, it could prohibit you from having children um, or or hold a um, pregnancy to term. Um, so, you know, the cancer there on your, just in your cervix, like, so they took my whole cervix, like, yeah, all the things now don't feel bad for me, y'all. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a cycle anymore. I haven't had a cycle since January (laughs) and the amount of money I'm saving on feminine products and the taxes that the government, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, look, don't feel sorry for me. Yeah, they call it the pink tax. The pink tax. Don't, don't feel sorry for me. But yeah, it's a thought process. Well, but think if I was a little bit younger and I, I did have a desire to have children, that's that would be most definitely devastating. I actually, um, as a force, as you start doing more research on stuff, you start realizing other people have similar stories. I follow this girl on YouTube um, and she's going through the same thing, but she's like 27. Oh. But I think she she's not going to be able to... Ha- she, won't have to do the invasive. I think they can just give her a, a little cut and suck it out, whatever. And I'm very grateful that she, that's her experience, but sometimes it's a big gusto. Like I said, it run in my family, two of my aunts and my mother had fibroids. And one of my aunts, she said she, she didn't have an invasive. They just gave her a bikini cut and they were able to take the fibroids, you know, cause it was centralized. Mine's were like all over my cervix. And I also had that cyst on my um, ovary. So it was just like wreaking havoc. So who knows? I think now when the doctors start examining me, I was like, you know what? My stomach had been hard probably, I'd say at least three years. Wow. So that also, I encourage you guys, you know, we have to be our biggest advocates because healthcare, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it sucks, but you know, it comes with um some issues. You know, doctors are overworked or they're 
you know, not thinking, they're going through the emotions. Um, and because I had no um, symptoms, like she's like, your cramps aren't heavy, your your cycle's not heavy, you're, you know, like nothing crazy. She's like, oh, well, then you're okay. But just because I feel like I'm okay doesn't mean that that is even, that's my baseline. But that yeah. baseline was not normal. And I didn't know that. Yeah, cysts run in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had three C-sections. So like the mm-hmm. bikini cut that you were talking about. And, uh, I like earlier this year went to my doctor and I was like, listen, I'm having a lot of pain during my cycle. This is, it's getting worse, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me to the, well, at first she was like, well, we'll put you on birth control and that should help. And I was like, I have a tubal ligation. Like mm-hmm. I am not going on birth control. The right. f- reason I have a tubal ligation is so I don't have to take birth control. Right, exactly. Um, and so they, you know, after I talked to her, she referred to me to a gynecologist and come to find out um, because they've had three C-sections, apparently your scar tissue can actually like, uh, I don't know how to explain it, cause these little strings to attach to your organs So I have these strings that attach to my uterus. Mm -hmm. So when it's that time of the month, when my uterus is contracting, those strings start to be pulled on. And that's the pain that I'm feeling. And she's like, well, we could do surgery and we could go in and remove these strings. She's like, but they'll probably develop again. I was like, no, I am not doing another surgery. Just stay, stay away. So yeah, the, the point in that and me sharing that is like, you do have to advocate for yourself and be like, listen, uh, something's going on. I need right. you to refer me to somebody to check this right. out. Right. And even years before I had, um, abnormal, um, cells in my cervix. So I had my cervix scraped probably six years prior to this, um, other diagnosis. The doctor said, if you would have had children, then that outer layer would have came out when you gave birth. And I was like, and you said that to say what? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to have children. And at that moment, I had asked the doctor, I said, well, I don't plan on having children. I was married at the time. And my, um, then my ex-husband, he had a vasectomy. So we weren't going to have, we, we weren't right. going to have children. I said, well, can you, is there, what is the most, not extreme, but you know, what can we do so that I don't have to come back to get my cervix scraped again? And he was like, well, you can get your, we, because of your age, I guess by then I was maybe like 27 because I was under 30. They're like, well, you might change your mind, sir. I just told you my husband has a vasectomy. I was married for 11 years. Like we weren't planning. I don't, I still don't want to have kids. <laughs> I mean, right. they make you sign all this documentation that you're going to be, um, infertile, you know, not be able to have children. I'm like, I'm telling you why it's so funny how, um, the government polices your body, whether you want to have kid or you don't want to have a kid, like which one do y'all want? You can't police me (laughs) and say, you know, I don't want to give you, I don't want to tie your tubes because you might want to have a kid. But then if I do have a kid, then you don't give me the choice to, you know, gratefully we're not in Texas to, you know, have an abortion if that's your option, you know? Right. Yeah, no, no, no. I co- I'm, I'm completely with you. Like women's bodies are overly regulated. I have a friend, I have a few friends who are in their thirties, never wanted to have children. Their doctors still, well, their insurance companies will not cover tubal ligation because they might change their mind. And I'm like, once 35 and once 38, I'm pretty sure they're not changing their mind. 
I mean, and one of them, uh, it would be a, a health risk if she got pregnant, like a health risk, um, cause of some medical issues she's had, but she's always been denied a duple ligation because you might change your mind. And I'm like, really? I mean, how often do people change their mind about wanting a, like a vasectomy or tubal ligation, I would guarantee it's a very small percentage of people. Right. Exactly. And there's other options. Granted the child might not be, but you know, you, you could still, um, have a, um, what's going to say a, a child, not the normal way, you know, that you could, you know, uh, IVF. Um, yeah. All the thing, other options, right. Adopt. And, and, Right. And those options can be laid out when you make that decision. Like you make it sound like there's only one way to have babies. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And, um, you know, most people are like, oh, they don't they don't regulate men in the same way. Well, actually, for our insurance, they do. They almost didn't let my spouse have a vasectomy um, because he only has two biological children. He right. had to explain to them that I'm high risk. Um, he didn't tell them I had already had a tubal ligation, <laughs> yeah. but I'm high risk. Um, and he was like, I have two, my wife has two daughters from mm-hmm. previous relationships. He's like, so I have four children. And right. after explaining all that, they were like, okay, I guess so. And he was like, seriously, <laughs> like, it's, it, I mean, it, it's just wild, but I mean, usually they don't please men in the same way they do women. But in that case, I guess it was, um, insurance wise, the insurance company wouldn't cover it. So crazy. It is, it is absolutely crazy. Um, so how, I mean, you had a hysterectomy. Do you have to do anything special right now to like, you know, cause you don't have those hormones going on. So, um, because I still have one ovary, I actually do have hormones. So, okay. I just don't have a cycle. Um, there are times where I'm like, I think I used to keep track of my period just so that I, not because I was afraid that I was going to get pregnant, but more so, so I could plan my, um, activities around it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, um, so I don't, I don't get pimples anymore. I used to get hormonal, um, acne, um, mm-hmm. But I do have like, sometimes I have cravings and I'm like, oh, I probably was going to be on my period this week. Like, I'd be like, I want a pizza or a burger or something like that. But beyond that, I I mean, I really had, even when I was having a cycle, I didn't have that many um, symptoms per se. I didn't have cramps. So now my organs are finding their rightful place and like, oh, we have room to breathe. So now, you know, (laughs) and by breathe, I mean to be passing gas. And so it gets, it gets a little raunchy sometimes, but, um, but besides that, um, so I prepare business wise, cause I, I work for myself. I don't work for anybody else. Um, I, um, and I strategically do this too, because I do taxes in April. So I was like, all right, if I have surgery in January, I'll be ready for tax season by March. I can't lay down all day. So every like three hours I'd get up and walk around. Um, I had, um, stitches got the stitches taken out oh 10 days after surgery um what else happened uh oh i had to get a um what's the thing where you can't go to the bathroom and they put it in you uh, um oh that uh oh shit a catheter <laughs> catheter i had one of those yes. too, yeah 
Uh, she that's the only thing she didn't tell me when she, we prepped for surgery baby i never ever in life i mean it wasn't bad per se but it was very uncomfortable yes very they made me they made me i uh, had to use the bathroom in it until i filled it up a hundred milliliters or whatever mm-hmm. Man, when i tell you i drunk so much liquid so i could just fill it up so they could take it out <laughs> they took it out <laughs> The second day I was in the hospital, I was like, please, can you take it out now? Yeah. Did you have to wear one of those like mesh underwears? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a pad. And she said, you might have um, some spotting. I didn't have any spotting. Um, I mean, legit, like my period was like, oh, we're done. We're done here. Okay. Bye. Exit stage left. I was like, that's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> there was something else that happened too. Um, I was able to eat right afterwards. Um, I probably would suggest, and I wish I, I had one, but didn't use it. And I wish I did. So it was a little discomfort. You know, if you get one of those pillows, like pregnant women get that, that's pretty helpful. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, the recovery wasn't good. Now it took me four months before the doctor allowed me to start working out again. But um, yeah, it wasn't nothing crazy. I mean, as she said, after six months, she said, you're going to get a jolt of energy like you've never had before because of fibroids. I, I guess um, when I was having my cycle, I was thinking that I was anemic because I'd get mm-hmm. really sick during those times. And she says, because your iron's low because the fibroid f- feeds off of your blood supply wow. from your cycle. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> Um, I do have more energy for sure. Um, and I can tell it. Um, yeah, but I feel 10 times better. I do need to start working out because I, I didn't gain all this COVID weight. Um, <laughs> we all yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm in a happier place. And yeah, mm-hmm. my stomach feels good. And yeah, I just, I just feel, I feel better. Um, oh, that bill though. Okay, look, I have insurance. $7,000 that I have to pay out of pocket. Oh my God. Healthcare the, in America. Uh. The full bill. I want to say the full bill is like 53,000. Cause I stayed in the hospital three nights. Yeah. I had, um, three meals. <laughs> they charge you, you know, they itemize all the things that they gave me pads. Some of them I didn't use, um, soap. So if there's stuff you can bring yourself. They tell you to use antibacterial soap, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, caught, so that my last children were twins. And of course I, I said, I had all of my kids via C-section. Uh, mm-hmm. we saw the bill. It wasn't our, we didn't, you know, our insurance company just like showed us like what it is they paid Well, the twins were premature and spent two weeks in the NICU. You're talking about like $200,000. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> thank goodness for insurance but i mean healthcare in america is really screwed up people should not be paying thousands of dollars just to get like basic health care taken care of it's not like you went and got like some surgery you didn't need like Mm -hmm. this is something you needed to be able to live a quality a good quality of life and it's not fair that you ended up with seven thousand dollar bill that's insane Yeah. So, and I have insurance, even I'm a a self-employed person, but God knows I, yeah, I most definitely met my deductible this year, but I didn't have nothing else to do. I was like, we're going to do something else. (laughs) Like, 
<laughs> I probably need to get some glasses before the year ends. But the other thing I was surprised, I was surprised how quickly they got me in. I, I was very grateful for that um, because, you know, we're in the middle of COVID, right? Yeah. And, you know, although the fibroids were were a, an emergency per se, um, you know, I feel like maybe it's it might have been a form of elect, electro, le, um, elective. Uh, elective, surgery. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, cause the other thing was since COVID's happening, I, I, my room was actually on the baby, um, wing of the hospital. So I was with other, <laughs> I was the only person who wasn't having a baby, but I did have a baby. It was a fibroid baby. It was very peaceful over there, but besides them come to prick me every three, three hours, but yeah. Well, you said it was eight pounds. That's about the size of a baby. Yes. Yes. And then I measured myself, um, weighed myself like I had lost 12 pounds while I was in the hospital oh my gosh mm-hmm. I can't yeah. wait for you to see these pictures because I'm trying to tell you like my stomach was like yeah my stomach was stomaching and I and I didn't know <laughs> yes it sounds very familiar of when when you're talking about it uh to when I had my children because like I had a c-section you know and it it's a, a major abdominal surgery and I had to do like the mesh panties and I had, mm-hmm. had to have a catheter and I had to have all those things and your fibroid was about the same weight as my two twins put together <laughs> mm-hmm. and they, crazy- they were very um, small <laughs> yeah the crazy part too is um they g- gave me anesthesia obviously yeah. i don't remember nothing i remember <laughs> counting backwards i think i might have said eight i don't know you said you had the good drugs woke- <laughs> yes <laughs> and then as soon as i woke up i was like what the hell like <laughs> how did i get in this room like I was like, how long was I asleep? <laughs> like, you have no conceptual idea of time or like, he's like, everything went fine. Like, as soon as I was, everything went fine. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. That's a lot more convenient than C-sections because they don't put you fully under. They just like yeah. numb you from the waist down. So mm-hmm. you, it's very weird. People don't realize this is you can feel them doing the things. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't hurt. So it's right. very awkward because I'm like, you are inside my body right (laughs) pulling children out like this is awkward (laughs) I'm trying to think I don't think I've ever had a surgery where I wasn't not oh wait I'm trying to think I had another oh no 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 when they scraped my cervix they numbed me and I was awake and actually you could watch them they had a I went to um okay so I went to UVA they let you watch and you can see the steam, the fire coming from your uterus as they're scraping your cervix. What would be your tips for somebody who is going through this, who is dealing with fibroids or before you even get there, what mm-hmm. should we as women be doing to make sure like this isn't going on with us? Yeah, for sure. So I would suggest um, when you go to your, first of all, you need to be going to your regular gynecologist appointments once a year and just having them check all the things very much like they exam typically they um regularly they check your boobs they do check your cervix but make sure that they're thorough um also you know ask the questions and and very much like your boobs if you feel anything hard in your in your stomach area it might you know be a cause of pause um if you wear heavy heavy 
for your cycle, you might have fibroids. That's another thing. She was the, one of the symptoms is an he- a heavy cycle, but because that was my baseline, I was like, I don't know if I have a heavy cycle, right. but I do remember a time where I was wearing a tampon and a pad. And I was just like, Oh, my stuff is just extra, extra because I had gotten off of birth control. So I just thought maybe it was a symptom of that, but it's yeah. been some time. I was on birth control when I was in um, college. So it'd been some years. So I really didn't give it any thought. I was just thinking of, oh, you know, I should probably go back on birth control, but because my ex was, um, like you said, you, you he, I got the, he's, he's <laughs> circumference, you know, he's, um, taken care of. Why should I pay extra money to take birth control? So yeah, process. But um, yeah, if you feel anything hard in your stomach or your cervix, if it's painful when you have intercourse, a lot of people don't put those two things together either. Um, or if you have pains, like I, I did have little shooting pains in my pelvis sometimes, but I didn't really mm-hmm. give it much thought because it, it would stop as quickly as it started. And I was just thinking, oh, I'm about to come on my cycle. Or maybe it was like, oh, you know, I don't get cramps. So this is my other <laughs> yeah. painful thing I have to go through. But that's a thought process too. If you have any pain in your cervix or you get sharp pains in your pelvis, that's a, um, another telltale sign. So just again, being doing your due diligence of going to, one, going to the doctor. I don't think enough of us go to our regular appointments and just being mindful and knowing your body. Don't, it's your body. You should be right. comfortable touching, exploring and, and, and know it like, like I have a mole, you know, on my inner thigh, you know, I have a two birthmarks. I have one on my buttocks <laughs> and the other one on my other buttocks and one's light and one's dark. You know, I know my body, I know what it, mm. what it feels like, what it looks like, you know, and I, and I can tell when something's off, especially more so now that I'm more aware. I'm not saying I run to the doctor every time something hurts, but you know, you need to be in tune with your body and what it's telling you. Yeah. I think a lot of times as women, we're not taught what's normal and what's not normal. You know, we just think, ah, this must be my period or this must be part of what I have to deal with. Cause I have a uterus and even like, I mean, cause it changes over time, right? Not just cause you have something wrong, but like when you're a teenager, your period is different than when you're a young adult. And of course, like when you get closer to menopause, your period's going to change too. But we're like, we're not taught like, Hey, this is typical. And if your pain is more than this level, then that's, that's not, you need to be seen. Or if your period go, like you go through more than so many pads or tampons in a period, like in a day, that's not normal. You should be seen. Or if your period lasts 10 days, <laughs> you know, that's For not sure. normal and you should be seen, but like, we're not right. taught these things. We're just right. taught like you're, you're a, you know, you have a uterus, so you have a period and that's just it. You don't know what you should be experiencing, what you shouldn't be experiencing. Right. right. I grew up with a girlfriend and when she had her um, cycle, it was like crippling. Like she didn't go to school for that week because she was in so much pain and that she got put on some medical, some, um, medical, um, professionally prescribed medicines. So imagine if that's how you always were, right? She probably wouldn't have thought twice if she got fibroids because she's like, I've always, I mean, as a child, now things were happening gradually that I should have known, but I wasn't taking, you know, so again, like, yeah, just understanding your girly parts. Like I understand my body. Like I know what a uterus is. I know what a cervix is and stuff. Some of us don't, some of us don't. We just know that there's things down there. I mean, it's very much like 
being embarrassed about, you know, what it smells like or what it looks like, what it tastes, you know, we have those conversations too, and you should be comfortable so that you can explain it to someone else too, right? If you have a daughter, she needs to have an understanding of her body and how it works. Yeah. I, so my youngest ones are 10. And so uh, it was a couple weeks ago, they were asking questions about their parts. And I'm like, here, I didn't show them like a picture of a guy's right. dick. But like, <laughs> you know how they have like those pictures that kind of like show you what the different parts are and mm-hmm. like label them. I'm like, you see them in the doctor's office. That's what I showed them. They're, they're boy, girl twins. And so I was like, here's a uterus and here's the ovaries and here's a cervix. And I'm not as familiar with the the men part. So I like looked that up and I was like, here's your scrotum. (laughs) And they're 10. So it's not like it went into like, this is what these do, but they understand like women have eggs and, and men, I mean, people with uteruses have eggs and people with, you know, penises, you know, and scrotums, they have sperm and they come together. They don't know how they come together yet (laughs) together. And that's how a baby's made. Um, and so they need to know, right? Like they're 10, they should be able to understand what their parts, like what's inside of them. And, you know, they know how to identify, like, I have a vagina, I have a penis. And, you know, um, those are really important. Those are, I mean, labels for things are things children should know anyways, like from a Oh, for sure. Uh, I was reading one of these Reddit um, remarks and this lady was saying um, she takes her son she took her son to the a public restroom. They were like at Macy's or something. And she had to change her tampon. And um, someone was like, oh my gosh, why would you let him in there? And she was like, he's a man. He's going to in- encounter a woman right. if he's, you know, heterosexual, right? And instead of shaming a woman, you know, like this is something normal, you know, so to encourage people like this is what this looks, you know, because again, no matter who you are, you know, um, or what, how you identify sexually, if you aspire to have children, you have to explain to them what's going on with their bodies. Yeah. And with the whole comment about the kid in the restroom, what the fuck are you supposed to do with the kid? <laughs> and I then if wondering. you leave unattended, then you're like, oh, you're not a good parent. You left your child outside the bathroom. Someone could have right. stolen them. Like, yeah, you're, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in this society. It's like, I don't know. My son has known, and my daughter, all my kids, I have four of them, have known about periods since they were quite young. Um, especially because, yeah, my son, when he was like a toddler, I'm not going to fucking leave him outside the bathroom. I'm going to bring him in. And he would sometimes see, I don't like, I don't like tampons. They're very uncomfortable for me. Um, and that possibly is from like all the baby habit I've had. Um <laughs> But, um, you know, he's seen a pad before and he's like, what's that? Are you okay? Cause you're bleeding. Oh. It was like, mommy, you're bleeding. Are you okay? Right. I must yeah. come very loudly in the public bathroom. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, mommy's on her period. Like women have periods. So they've known for like a long time right. since they were little that, you know, right. people with uteruses have periods and that's normal. And my daughter is like, I never want to have a period. And I was like, Oh, honey, (laughs) Uh, that's not optional, unfortunately. (laughs) No, but it's important to have these conversations. And like you said, like, you don't, you don't want your son to be shame women for having a period. I want my son to be one of those kids. That's like taps a girl on the shoulder and says like, 
I just want you to know, like you leaked through the back yeah. of your pants. I don't want you to be embarrassed, but I, yeah. I want you to know before like somebody notices and, and you get embarrassed and, yeah. you know, I want my son to be that, to be compassionate. And like, yeah. I, like every time on my period, like I get cranky. We, I mean, most of us get cranky. And I'm just like, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm on my period. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this TikTok, this guy, he, he had like a setup in his bathroom. He was like, he had tampons, pads. He had, um, um, I think maybe some ibuprofen. He had deodorant. So it wasn't like specifically for women. He was like, if I have a guest over and they need something to feel comfortable or something, he's like, you know, I have toothbrush. Tooth. It was just a whole array of things. And someone was like, well, how many women are you entertaining? No, you don't get to shame this man because he he's thinking outside of the box. He's just not having men over. He has friends who are females who have periods. Like I, yeah. I love the idea, but it's, it's so crazy how society will pick on people to think, you know, inclusivity, but it's just like, I thought that was very, um, very heartwarming. I was like, I I wish that I had a male friend who had extra things. Look, they barely had toilet paper. That's why we never went over to their house. Okay. But for to, to be with a man who thinks enough of me as his friend to have a space, like your period might've came on or something like that. I can only imagine what kind of relationship he has with a woman. It's probably very endearing. Yeah. I, that's sweet. I don't think that's at all a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think we should all be thoughtful of the people who might come over to our house and have things that be accessible, you know, and I, I, I applaud him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Like he's just showing like, Hey, cause there's so much shame around periods. Right. Like, (laughs) and when I lived with my dad as a teenager and, you know, my mom wasn't around. And at the time my stepmom wasn't around, he'd go buy me tampons and pads Mm -hmm. and somebody looked weird at him one time. And he was like, again, nosebleeds and a stick come up my nose. (laughs) He was like, you guys are idiots. Like I have a teenage daughter who like needs this. Like, why would you look at me weird for buying this? Like she's like 14. How is she supposed to come and buy this shit herself? Right. Exactly. Yeah. People people are ridiculous. Like it's it's a, it's a part of life. We all with, if you have a uterus, you're probably going to experience it at some point in time. It's a thing. It's Um, a thing. It's a thing. So I'm glad we, we talked about the women thing because we need to, this is, I, I interview women. You know, (laughs) we are experiencing these things. We've talked about menopause. (laughs) We've talked about periods because this is things that, you know, most of us are going to go through at some point in time. Um, So as we wrap up the podcast today, what is something you'd like to leave the inspired women audience with? It could be about something we talked about. It could be about something else. Like what, what do you want people to know? I want people to know that it's okay to not be okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think we have more in common than we believe. Like I said, 75% of women of color will have fibroids, right? And and it don't even have to be fibroids, women issues. At some mm-hmm. point in your life, if you've never had to go to the doctor for anything, at best, you're going to at least have menopause, right? That is something where your body is changing. We, every woman goes through puberty. Every woman will have a cycle. Every woman will connect the dots, right? And it's in those familiar spaces 
that we can connect and um, lean on one another when we need um, support. Absolutely. And we need to know, like, this isn't, shouldn't be an unusual conversation we're having right now. Women should be able to talk to people, especially other women about periods. Like mm-hmm. we should not be shameful. Like, oh, um, you know, like, oh, can I use your bathroom? Oh, do you, do you have a tampon? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm on my period. Right. Exactly. I'm cranky. Like, <laughs> You know, like we should be able to talk to those things about those things instead of feeling shamed and shameful, like, or, I mean, cause you know, sometimes women can be awful to each other and shame each other. It should be like an open, safe space for us to be able to talk about the things that are going on with us. Mm-hmm. What if something's going on with me and I'm talking to my friend about it, you know, women wise, I'm talking to my friend about it and they're like, oh, I'm going I'm feeling the same thing. And I'm like, well, maybe you have this problem that I have too. You know, if we don't talk about it, how are we supposed to know your, your mom and your aunties, they didn't, they didn't talk about the fibroids. So you didn't know. That's crazy because I was sharing with a friend that had fibroids and she was talking about her own cycle. And I was like, you should get that checked out. And guess what? She had fibroids. Mm -hmm. Now hers aren't as big as mine. They're just monitoring them. They don't need to do any surgery, but imagine if I hadn't said anything or it was like, okay, hope it gets better. (laughs) Like what? We need to be supporting each other. That's about, that's what women supporting women. That's, that's an important thing. That's always. That should be the always. Period. Period. End of story. Too many catty women out there attacking each other. Exactly. We need to be coming together to take down the patriarch. (laughs) Like, what? That should be the sole mission. (laughs) We have to deal enough from the men. Like, come on, women. Let's, ladies, let's come together. (laughs) Right, right. Well, Sharice, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.